Hi, this is Pastor Joshua Morocco, and you are listening to our King's Central Podcast. I hope you get encouraged. I hope the Word of God brings transformation to your life and empowers you. Thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the Word. I got a good word for you today. It's a word especially for this morning. You say, I thought every word you give is that it is. But this is an highly unusual word because I'd worked on a message for hour after hour after hour. And about three o'clock in the morning, God changed the message and gave me a brand new one. I'll preach that other one at another time. But he made it clear I was to share this word today. Genesis chapter 45, and we're going to be reading verses 4 through 15. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I'm your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there's been a famine in the land. And for the next five years, there will be... There will not be plowing and reaping, but God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me, you and your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds and all you have. I will provide for you there because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, you and your household and all that belongs to you will become desolate or destitute. You can see for yourselves And so can my brother Benjamin, that it is really I who am speaking to you. Tell my father about all the honor accorded me in Egypt and about everything you've seen and bring my father down here quickly. Then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept and Benjamin embraced him weeping and he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. Afterward, his brothers talked with him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the privilege you've given me this day to share a word that you have ordained for this morning. And I pray now for an anointing. I pray, Holy Ghost, come on me. Give me great liberty in preaching. May it bring forth fruit in the hearts of those who hear. And give us open ears to hear. And give us a heart that's sensitive to your voice. Cause us to see the spiritual things you want us to see. And Lord, when we leave today, may we live changed by your word. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. If anyone had an excuse to be angry, to be self-serving, in fact, literally to be rotten to the core, it is this man. You think about it, what he went through. He was raised in a dysfunctional family. His mother died. His half-brothers hated him and wanted to kill him. He was sold into slavery by them. And he was put into prison unjustly. 
If you would look at this man that we read about today, you would have thought, this guy's a hopeless case. No one will ever hear his name again. Who was this man who ended up, in spite of all he went through, to become the premier of Egypt, the savior of his family? Well, his name is Joseph. You said, Pastor, didn't you preach about Joseph last week? Yes, I did. But it was a different Joseph. I preached about Joseph, the husband of Mary. And I challenged all the men to have the characteristics as Joseph did, to be a man God can use. But today I want to preach about the person that Joseph was named after. Joseph, the son of Jacob. How did Joseph enter into this position of being in the hall of fame of the victorious? We've been doing a series called The Victorious, and you can't do a series on the victorious without talking about Joseph. In fact, when you read the book of Hebrews chapter 11, you'll notice that Joseph is in the hall of faith, of the heroes of faith. His story, fascinating enough, is told in Genesis 37 through chapter 50. If you've never read his story, I would suggest this week you take the Bible and you read Genesis 37 through Genesis 50. He is given as much space and scripture, and even more so probably than Abraham, the father of faith. You say, well, that seems a little strange. No. You see, I believe that Joseph is an Old Testament picture of Christ. You see, he was raised up to save his family from starvation. He's a picture of Christ who came to our world to save us from our sin and from hell. In fact, you cannot understand the story of the Israelites without the story of Joseph. His life influenced the history of Israel, even to today. Now, you'll notice something about Joseph. His life of victory began when he was a young man, 17 years old. He had two God-given dreams. And it was out of those dreams that everything came forth. Now, those dreams are recorded there in chapter 37. Verses 6 and 7 describe the first dream. He was binding sheaves of grain when his sheaves of grain arose and stood upright. And his brother's sheaves of grain were around his sheaf, and they all bowed down to it. Well, that dream didn't go over very well with his brothers. The second dream was found in verse 9 of chapter 37. In this dream, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars were bowing down to Joseph. Now, when you think about the fact that he would tell those dreams, you you, you probably are thinking, well, this guy is naive, he's proud, that's why he shared these dreams, and some would have said, that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen anybody do, because when he shared those dreams, that's what got him in trouble. But I don't think any of us realize the impact 
of those dreams. Because to Joseph, these were not dreams given to him because he ate too much pizza one night. These were God-given dreams. And he understood something about it. He understood that if these are God-given dreams, God would only get glory from it if he told what God had spoken to him. So that when it happened, God would get all the glory. So he declares it. By the very fact that he declared those dreams, something began to happen in him. You say, I don't understand what you mean. Now think about this for just a moment. God gave him those dreams. He declared those dreams. And keep in mind, dreams would be the way God spoke to and through Joseph. In fact, he would become the premier dream interpreter of all of Egypt. And through this special gift of interpretation of dreams, he would be elevated into prominence. It was the mechanism God would use to bring him out of prison into the palace, out of poverty into wealth, out of a position of obscurity to being the most prominent person next to Pharaoh in all of Egypt. But there's a third thing that I want you to notice. God's timing is perfect. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, God's timing is perfect. And you say, Pastor, where do you get all that from in this text? Well, I have to confess I'm a student of history. And I love history because I see God's hand in history. And you'll see God's hand in history when you look at this time in history. You see... Joseph, as you know, was a Semite, one from Canaan. There were many different groups of Semites. In fact, it's interesting that it was in this moment in history that it just so happened Semites were ruling Egypt when Joseph was sold as a slave. It was called the Hyksos period of Egypt from 1750 B.C. to 1570 B.C. It was a special period in Egypt's history, a period that God had arranged. It was perfect timing for a Semite to be raised up among other Semites who ruled the land. God also knew a famine was about to devastate all of the Middle East. And he had to position Joseph in Egypt, in a position of power in order to save not only the Egyptians, but to save the Israelites. To save this family that he had made a covenant with, with their father Abraham. And that was why Joseph went through what he went through to get him to Egypt. Even his moment in prison, you go, how horrible being in prison because of some crazy woman that accused him of something he did not do. But it was while he was in prison that two rulers, two people of great influence in the Pharaoh's cabinet, the cupbearer and the baker, 
were thrown into prison. And both of them had dreams. And Joseph just so happened to be there and interpreted the dreams. And a few years later, when no one could interpret Pharaoh's dream, the cupbearer said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh, I'm so sorry. There's a man. He's a, he's a Hebrew. He's in prison, a young man. We had dreams, that I did, and the baker had dreams, and we told it to him, and he interpreted them exactly. Exactly what he said came about. Immediately, pshh, Joseph was taken out of that prison and stood before Pharaoh, and Pharaoh told him his dream. An amazing moment. You see, God's timing is always right. Don't get frustrated when things don't happen as quick as you think they should. If you had your way, it'd get messed up all the time. I found out God's never early, but he's never late. He's got just the right time, the right season, and he's preparing you for it. Oh, somebody ought to get excited. But there's a fourth thing we have to see here. The Lord was with Joseph. Everybody say this with me. The Lord was Joseph. In fact, there's a phrase that's repeated in the book of Genesis, and it's this phrase. The Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in everything he did. And gave him success in everything he did. You know, there's a lot of success seminars saying, boy, if you can only think this way, if you can only do this, if you can do, oh, you'll be successful. Stop, 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 stop. No, no, no. I've got the secret for success. Have the Lord with you. I'll try that, run it through one more time, in case you didn't get it. Have the Lord walk with you. Because when the Lord walked with Joseph, he was successful all the time. It didn't even matter what situation he was in. He sold as a slave to Potiphar. He was so successful that Potiphar made him the administrator over all he owned. He was thrown into jail unjustly. But God was with him. He ran the jail. Now here's the issue that you have to ask. Here's the question you have to ask yourself. Is the Lord walking with me? Is he with me? And you might be even wanting to ask this question. What do I need to do to position myself so that he can walk with me? Well, you need to know him, number one, and that's why it's so important for you to give your heart to the Lord, to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's the beginning of a life with God. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. There's no other way to intimacy with God except through Jesus Christ. But you'll notice in, David's, in, in Joseph's situation that God gave Joseph favor and wisdom in everything he did because he was with him. In fact, what he did, he even blessed those that Joseph worked for. Now think about this. Somebody better be glad they've hired you. Because if God's walking with you, that business is going to be blessed. 
that situation you're in is going to turn around because you're there. You know, so oftentimes you don't realize the power of God to change things. But the very fact that you love him and you are positioning yourselves for him to be able to walk with you, you are blessing not just yourself, but everywhere you go, you're leaving a blessing. But you'll notice that one of the things that Joseph had to do is he had to be faithful to God. And he did not commit sexual sin. You know, it is a very evil time in which we live because sex has been termed recreation rather than commitment for a lifelong relationship between a man and a woman. People have forgotten it's a covenant act of relationship between a husband and wife. And so now sex is just recreation. And the tragedy of it is you have men and you have women whose minds have become so distorted that they just think, well, yeah, I can, I can have my own little sexual fling and it's not going to hurt anybody. Stop, stop, stop. You've forgotten something. Say, what's that? You've forgotten there's a God. And God so walked with Joseph that when Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him, he was a young man and and she just was attracted to him. She couldn't care less about rules of behavior She was full of lust, and she tried to grab a hold of Joseph. And Joseph said these words. It's clearly recorded in chapter 39, verse 9. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? He understood. It isn't some little free thing he's getting. There's no such thing as free sex. There's always a cost. You're stupid if you think there is no cost. It will eat you from the inside out and destroy your life. God made sex and he made it for a purpose. He wants you to live holy. He wants your body to be pure. And the only way you're ever going to do that is to realize, hey, God sees everything I do. And it's not about what makes you feel good. It's what makes God feel good. And Joseph had that conscious sense of God. And he was going to live holy because he wanted God to be with him. So he said, how could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? God doesn't even come into the picture in our generation. And it's tragic. But thirdly, the reason Joseph was positioned with God at his side and giving him success is because Joseph stayed humble and he gave the glory of his success to God. You know, what's interesting is that if you read that story there in Genesis 41, verses 15 through 16, the picture is this. They've pulled Joseph out of prison. He's standing in front of Pharaoh. 
And Pharaoh says these words. Now, I want you to think about this. Pharaoh is the most powerful person on the planet. All right? You don't want to disagree with him. Right? he's, He's the dude. And he says to Joseph these words. He said, I've heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Now, if you were Joseph, what would you have said? You probably would have said, oh, yeah, I'm the man. (laughs) That's not what Joseph said. He said something absolutely crazy. He said, I can't do it. I can't interpret your dreams. Now, you can imagine the shock that Pharaoh must have had. Here's this guy who's just pulled out of prison saying, I can't interpret your dreams. But then he goes on and he says these words. But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. He gives all the glory to God. That's hard for people to do today. Because we all want to look good. (laughs) We want our name in lights. Ah, wow, look at me. How sad is that? When God has put us here for one purpose. To reflect his glory in the world. Wow. Well, finally you'll notice that a part of Joseph's life where God could come alongside of him was that Joseph served. He saw himself as a servant. And he served with all he had, not wholeheartedly, you know, absolutely wholeheartedly, not half-heartedly. You know, there are some people that resent you asking them to serve. Oh, would you please do a life group? No, no, I don't want to do that stuff. Oh, would you work with children? Oh, no, I'm not going to work with children. Would you sing in the choir? No, no, no. I'm too good for the choir. Right. How do you think God feels when you don't want to serve? When he gives you life for the very purpose to serve. You see, Joseph had God walking with him. Yes, yes, yes. God gave him favor. God gave him wisdom. And God blessed not only him, but the people he worked with. Joseph was faithful. He lived holy before the Lord. And yes, Joseph stayed humble and gave glory to God. But Joseph served. And he served wholeheartedly, whether he was a slave or not. And God could walk with him. But there's a fifth thing we need to see, and that is he forgave and expressed his love for his brothers in spite of what they did. We see that in our text. We read it. You don't see Joseph blaming them. In fact, he says, God sent me ahead of you to prepare for you, to to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. He saw the hand of God. It was interesting to me here that he didn't carry unforgiveness. You know, I've been your pastor 41 years. I've dealt with a lot of issues. And one of the biggest issues that I think destroys people's relationship with God is their bitterness, their unforgiveness. They can't seem to allow something to go. And they think somehow in their mind that if they let go of that, there's going to be injustice happen. Look, 
Injustice has already been done. The issue of forgiving is just simply allowing God to be your person who does vengeance on your behalf. God said, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Your job is to forgive. Let God do his work. When you keep holding on to it, you don't allow God to do what he can do. Jake, Joseph forgave. And he expressed his love. You know, I, when my kids were growing up, I, I hugged them a lot. I, I'm a huggy body. I've been a huggy body all my life. I hugged my mom, my dad. I hugged my wife. I hugged my kids. And some people would think, oh, what a crazy guy. Yes, I'm crazy. I'm crazy in love with the people God has given me. You say, well, that's not our culture. Our culture is to be dried and no emotion. Well, then get rid of your culture. It ain't helping you. It's causing your children to rise up and be strange. It's time for you to start loving as God loves you. You are to love others. You need to hug. You need to express your love to those God has given you. And you see that in Joseph. He wept with his brothers. He loved on them. But six, he saw God's plan and all that happened. God sent me ahead to preserve you, he says. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He began to see the picture of God's working in every situation in his life. I'm absolutely convinced that one of the great revelations God could give any person who walks with him is an awareness of how God is working to prepare them for where, they ha- where, where they're at right now. Think about it just for a moment. I was talking about a brother in our first service who was sitting on the front row You know, the joy of being your pastor for 41 years is exciting because I see all the things that happened in your life for all that time. About 30-something years ago, this couple came into our church, and they were business people, and they they were doing rather well. And uh, they bought a home, and it was a wonderful thing. And then the economy shifted, and things began to happen, and, and they lost seemingly everything. But I noticed something about that couple. They didn't back away from God. They didn't stop giving. They kept moving into God. They kept serving. They kept loving. They kept doing everything they could do to continue to walk with God. You know what God did? God turned everything around for them. God, in that period of time, made them into entrepreneurs. They began to open other businesses. And today, they're taking time to help other people become entrepreneurs. Because in the course of time, because they pressed into God, because they continued to be faithful unto God, God was faithful to them, and God raised them up. And they now see God's plan. They would never be where they are now if they hadn't gone through what they went through. The tragedy is so oftentimes people, because they have false anticipations of what God can do, or false expectations, and they, and they begin to get angry at God, and they begin to say, Ah, God, you didn't do what I said. Well, who in the world are you? You better hope God just doesn't do what you say, because you say stupid stuff. 
Let God be God. You serve Him. You know what's right to do. Do what's right. And keep living for the Lord and loving God. And I'll tell you what God will do for you. He'll take you out of the prison, put you in the palace. He'll make you a Joseph. Somebody say hallelujah. And you'll see his plan being fulfilled in your life. But that brings me then to the final aspect of how Joseph, in the midst of all of the struggles, came out on top. It's an interesting thing. You may have missed it even when you read the story of Joseph. But when you really contemplate it, you realize how important it is. He honored his father. Now, I want you to think about this a moment. He honored his parents. You know, the, one of the Ten Commandments is honor your father and mother. And there's a promise with it that uh, you'll have long life and everything will go well with you. He honored his father. The number one thing on his heart was, how's my father doing? Bring my father to me. And you'll notice that he fulfilled his father's desires. His father said to them there in Genesis 47, he said, look, when I die, I want you to bury me in my plot of land in Canaan. And you'll, you'll notice that that's exactly what Joseph did. Buried his father there. As, and, and, and what he also did was he took care of his father's seed, all of his children and grandchildren. He didn't abandon them after his father died. It was a part of honoring his father to honor the rest of the family. Even though those brothers were half-brothers, he honored them. He took care of them. There was a moment you'll read in chapter 50. Verses 19 through 21, where after Jacob dies, the brothers get and say, Ah, he's going to kill us. He's going to get even with us now. And Jacob, excuse me, Joseph says some profound words. Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it. For good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. That's a part of honoring your parents, is how you treat your brothers and sisters and your nephews and nieces. And it will go well with you. Well... I think, I think we got some Josephs in the house. And you say, Pastor, I'm a woman, I'm not a Joseph. You're a Josephine. <laughs> I believe we have Josephs and Josephines in the house. Any Josephs and Josephines in the house? I believe they are here. Because I believe you will seek God for the dream that he has for your life. You'll seek him for his timing, and you will live your life in such a way that God can be with you. You will be holy. You'll stay humble. You'll serve gladly. You'll, you'll honor your parents. You'll forgive, and you'll recognize and fulfill God's plan. You are living in a special moment in history. You're living at a time when the prophets wish they lived in. 
the soon coming of our Lord. And there are many things that are happening that will affect your life. Nobody knows what the economy will do. We could have hyperinflation just like they had in Venezuela or any other nation that does stupid stuff. That could happen to us. We could have a war that would devastate everything. We could have individuals that arise to try to control the world. There could be moments where the church itself would go under persecution. I remember just a few weeks ago when we were accused of being a cluster and many of our people were discriminated against on their jobs. It was a horrible thing. We, we saw an intervention of God's grace on it, but it was bad. And, I, and I, it got me mad. This one's stupid people doing stupid things. Forgive me for saying stupid, but it's the truth. But it, it spoke to me. It said, son, you are living in an important time in history. You hear my voice. You obey me. That's the only thing that's the most important thing. And I will walk with you. And I will give you success. And I will give you victory. And you teach your people that. I don't care how charismatic you are. That ain't going to get you anywhere. I don't care how brilliant you have and how many degrees you have. I have plenty of degrees. They're all sitting on my wall, costing me thousands. But that doesn't make it. It's having God walk with you. Is he walking with you? Do you believe God will intervene on your behalf in your situation? I want everyone to stand to your feet because we're going to move into a time of prayer. I hope the word encouraged you. Thank you so much for joining us here on the King Central Podcast. God bless you. Walk in power and walk in the fullness of that which God has given you.